And welcome back to this episode of The Line Podcast, a conversation about crossing. And today we're going to talk about everything touch related, which is probably one of the most celebrated experiences in art, beginning with the divine touch and finishing with the erotica culture. But how familiar can one be with this sense? Or is it always a discovery, uh, a revelation of affection, of an encounter or of an error? And the definition that comes up in Google when you Google touch is touch, a verb, commenter, a be in contact with. But frankly, how in contact are we with touch in the age of accelerationism? And in order to tackle this, I have invited an amazing artist and performer, Katrin Roshetnikova. Hello, Katya. Hello. And tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do and what I'm especially interested in is your project, um, Co-Touch. Uh, so uh, I work with... Uh, um, I work with performance because I believe that uh, nowadays uh, in the age where uh, there is so much of the, of the information coming from the outside, so much stimuli, um, it's very important to create uh, experiences like physical experiences and um, situations for the audience. So that's what I do. Uh, I work with performance for that reason because it's, uh, um, it's happening at this very moment, at this very space and with this... Um, um, amount of people uh, so it's kind of uh, physical and bodily interaction and then I also um, um, combine it with my sound art background uh, also for the reason that sound is a is a very uh, immersive powerful tool so basically um, more or less um, Mostly my works are uh, interactive and uh, cottage in general is, um, cottage particularly is um, um, very specific about that because it's a situation where each member of the audience meets uh, his personal performer who is interacting with uh, his or her body uh, the audience is being moved, uh, being touched, and you actually live through that performance. You don't watch it. Actually, you spend the whole performance with a blindfold. Uh, and also, you, the people get headphones, so they are immersed in, in, in some kind of other uh, reality. And some people also say, oh, it's a kind of virtual reality. But for me, in a way, it's uh, something like anti-virtual reality, because it's, a, it's kind of... Um, hyper-reality, super-reality, because it's something what touches you directly and there is, no, uh, there is no narrative, there is no any particular story um, and for everyone it's a very personal uh, experience and the story is actually happening in the perception and in the, in the body and in the mind of each uh, member of the audience. Yeah, and I think what is very interesting about um, co-touch, I mean, I haven't experienced it myself, but I saw uh, the video that you have produced and um, different testimonials that, that were there. And what is very interesting is that uh, not only you're blindfolded, but you have headphones at some point. Is that correct or not? 
Uh, yes, actually, uh, the visitors, uh, they get the blindfold and the headphones from the very beginning and they spend the whole time with the headphones and the blindfold. And then what is happening with the headphones? So are they giving them some kind of um, guidance or is it a sound environment? Um, or is it just basically to create this kind of, you know, sometimes like when you put your headphones on just to get some privacy, this kind of detachment? Uh, so uh, there are many reasons why I decided to use headphones uh, and um, like really blunt technical reason is that it's really um, um, it really changes uh, a lot when you don't hear the outside sounds you don't hear the performers uh, walking you don't hear what's happening in the, in the space like how they approach you or uh, so it's, it's really cutting out the, um, some kind of uh, disturbances. And of course, the, the most important creative reason is that uh, it helps you to get into some um, private inner uh, space. Uh, it's very immersive and there is nearly no uh, text, just some, some bits which give you some hints about the um, kind of uh, topics or an angles how to how you can actually uh, perceive uh, this moment in the piece but mainly it's just uh, binaural sound recordings which are collected during my travels all over the world and uh, it's, um, it's it is uh, um, some kind of uh, sculptures like sound sculptures of different uh, spaces for example you can find yourself uh, at some point on a train in india and you hear an announcement or in the other moment you are in the market in japan or <clears throat> at some point you are on a plane or in the airport in uh, in russia so you not only experience it through the touch and uh, through the movement this body situation or like life situation but you also get this uh, feeling through the immersive uh, uh, sound uh, atmosphere. And I'm quite interested, what brought you to the subject of touch? How, because uh, I know originally that you're a sound, um, you're a sound designer and a sound artist. This is what you have studied. And then uh, how we met, we went uh, together to Central St. Martins where you did performance design practice which is where uh, I remember we did mostly projects that engaged with environments and architecture and the sounds that are there. And to me, that experience was already quite tactile, even though I wasn't physically touching anything. And the way that um, you kind of recorded and enhanced, not really enhanced the environment, but you have brought out this moment of encounter because normally when and this is something that really echoes with co-touch with me because people have blindfolds on and they have headphones on and they experience this touch which is detached from them from the personality of the person that is touching them because normally when you experience touch you're like oh this and this touched me or like oh i uh, brushed against the wall or so you're focusing on the actual object that you came in contact with and not in the experience of the contact and mm. what is interesting for me is like how how did you come to this subject what what triggered your interest in touching in general 
Um, first, first of all, I think it's important to mention that even before I went to, to London, I started feeling urged to, to move and I started uh, getting into some uh, movement and contemporary dance classes. Then when I was in London, I got into <coughs> improvisation uh, improvisation classes in a beautiful place called Siobhan Davis Studios. Um, and actually, the transition, it, uh, it started happening there. And now I feel actually a very different person because uh, now every day I have some movement and body practice and I'm getting much and much into, I'm getting more and more into the somatic practice. Um, so, and I, actually, why I'm I'm um, I'm getting uh, closer to to my body. There is a, there is a very specific um, uh, personal reason for that. Actually, everything what I do ha uh, has some uh, roots in my personality or in, in my personal life, and everything what I do is something what I need to do. And uh, in a way, I feel that I need to bring uh, the reality back to myself because I'm really overwhelmed by the amount of information, by the amount of uh, events, by uh, my life in a big city and um, a lot of travels. And, um, and body is something what is always with me. And body is, uh, is a kind of, uh, it is the most real thing. Uh, in a way, and getting back to my body is bringing back myself into the moment and uh, into the um, into the present space where I'm where I'm now. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's a way of grounding. So that's why how I started uh, being interested in working with the body and movement. And uh, um, while I still was studying um, uh, in Selms and Martins, I was exploring a lot how. Uh, the visitors, like the members of the audience, how they can perceive the piece while walking, for example, or while moving. I, I also feel a bit tired of being the spectator all the time, like being an audience, because uh, I have a lot of media and I have, uh, I don't know, my phone, I have uh, internet and I'm actually watching at something all the time. So I feel like experiencing things. So I was uh, looking at these possibilities, how it can be a, a process of uh, kind of active, active perception and um, um, I believe that we perceive things in a very different way while we are sitting or while we are moving or walking and actually uh, one of the books which really um, inspired me for one of my pieces in uh, St. Louis and Martins was uh, Being Alive by Tim Ingold. It's, uh, he's an he's a, um, anthropologist and he's talking a lot about experiencing things and experiencing life and about reimmersing in our environment, which we actually, we really, we got really detached mm -hmm. from it. And we put everything in different scapes, like soundscape or landscape. And we just watch it from the, from the outside. Uh, so and the, the idea of co-touch actually came to me while I was um, at the workshop. I, well, when I arrived to Moscow, I started going to, I started researching a lot and going to different workshops uh, in uh, different somatic practices and dance practices. And Would you explain uh, quite quickly what a somatic practice is? Because I'm personally quite mm. unsure 
what it means in, in my head, and also I'm sure that some of the listeners might not be um, completely aware of this. Actually, somatic practice is something um, really complex. It includes a huge field of um, um, practices and studies. It's, some, it's something, it's a kind of, uh, um, I would say, in my own words, that it's a, some kind of attention uh, to the interior of my body, like or like to my inner uh, feelings and ex experiences, what my body really experiences, and it includes uh, a huge amount of approaches, like even um, um, such famous, quite famous techniques as Feldenkrais or Alex Alexander technique, uh, then idiokinesis, um, body-mind centering, they all can be actually included in, uh, in the field of somatic practices. It's a, it's a kind of uh, um, body work, work with but your... But it feels to me what is very important about somatic practices is that you are not the spectator to your own body. It's not like when somebody tells us, oh, listen to your body. It's not like you're listening to it and your body produces something where your body is this alien object. It's where you actually inhabit your body and you you feel a part of it and you are the creator of what is happening. Is that is that a correct um, kind of reinterpretation of that? Or would you say that in somatic practices you actually are some kind of a... You kind of are... I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but I hope hopefully you get what I mean. Uh, I would say... S somatic practices uh, they just bring you as close to your body as, as possible even though sometimes like in idiokinesis for example you can be uh, in a way uh, a spectator but in a, a very attentive spectator of the processes which are happening and often somatic practicing somatic uh, um, approach includes studying for example anatomy or experiential anatomy and uh, especially idiokinesis, which actually inspired me uh, to create Kotaj. So I came to this workshop, idiokinesis workshop, and I was not aware actually what it is uh, about. Um, and uh, it's a very interesting uh, technique, which sounds at first like magic, but it really works. So it's about knowing uh, how a particular system of your body is um, constructed and, and, and how it is functioning. For example, if you study the bones, you, you learn how, how it works and uh, you, you look at different images, like the, the facilitator of the workshop, he, he shows you different um, paintings and images, he shows you the anatomy, uh, different uh, anatomic um, uh, books, and, and then you lay down on the floor and you, with this imagination and with this knowledge, you start uh, just you can just imagine the movement inside of you. You can imagine the movement of the fluid or imagine the movement of the blood uh, inside you and it, it really changes something. So some people who practice idiokinesis, they even don't move, but they have the results. It's like they already made this uh, uh, research long, long time ago, I think, that uh, some people were practicing yoga and some people were just thinking that they practice yoga and some people were doing nothing they were not thinking and they were not actually practicing anything 
And actually the difference, uh, there was a difference between people who were thinking about different um, uh, like exercises or asanas and about those who didn't uh, even think about it. People who were thinking, uh, imagining those uh, postures, they were quite close to those who were really doing it actually. So it's um, a beautiful connection actually with our, with, with our between our consciousness and our um, um, state of uh, body. Mm -hmm. So actually, I wanted what I wanted to say that um, I came to this workshop of idiokinesis, and at some point, the teacher he just uh, touched me to show uh, an example of an exercise, and I got an insight. I just thought, oh my God, I wouldn't feel that, and my body wouldn't move that way uh, if there was no uh, touch of this of this other body. And actually, he, uh, his name is Ilya Belenkov, and he's an amazing, uh, he's like a guru here uh, in terms of uh, body practices and idiokinesis in particular. Um, his research is really, really um, uh, incredible. And... Uh, so he has an, an, an incredible um, body himself. He is in, he is, he doesn't have his body. He, he is in his body, you know. He doesn't mm -hmm. wear, he doesn't wear it as a cloth uh, or uh, an object. He is really immersed in it. He is actually um, fully in control. So his movement and uh, his touch and his, you just feel through this touch uh, a different uh, type of consciousness. Uh, you, you feel the awareness about the body and you get a really huge amount of information. But this information is a, it's a kind of uh, hands-on information. Yeah, it's really practical and it's really um, experiential because it touches you uh, directly. So that's how the idea of co-touch actually came into my mind to combine my works with the headphones where people were walking and just perceiving some um, performance or architecture or f they felt like re-immersed in the everyday sounds and I decided oh it's, it can be um, a one-on-one -on -one experience you can be really uh, touched and moved by, um, by a person and you can actually uh, have a, re a really like 100% interactive experience yeah, I mean, what's very interesting to me is that when you said you, he owned and inhabited um, his body and the way that this practice enables you to actually, uh, would you say that you kind of perceive your body as this kind of one organ, which is together with your mind and what some people would say, like with, with your soul, with your uh, brain with your whatever your philosophy is about about it with your consciousness I think consciousness is the right word when we come to it so your body becomes all together with your consciousness and with this awareness does it enable you to kind of uh, shake off all of the uh, kind of everyday kind of a sort of knowledge and preconceptions that we have about our bodies in terms of their function in terms of their appearance, in terms of um, maybe illnesses that you might have and things like that? Or do, you, do these become a bit more enhanced in some way? I'm just talking right now about as a complete outsider to this practice, obviously I have never experienced that, but now I'm really intrigued. So maybe when I'm in Moscow quite soon, 
if there is a class, I would love to join and experience it myself. I feel like as as an artist, it's something that can become quite enriching to any practice, even as even as a visual artist, because you know we kind of produce photographs and paint with our bodies. It's not like they just appear out of the blue. Um, so yeah, and actually, I'm quite interested in whether you ever had any inclining to um, express what you're expressing with performance with any other visual um, visual or experiential or oral art forms and uh, what, what were your experiences with that? Uh, I would say that at the moment uh, I'm just kind of letting it go and I'm just watching what is happening and at the moment the, the medium of performance uh, it looks like the most appropriate form for me to express uh, my needs <laughs> and to I mean to uh, to create something for for the people who might feel maybe sometimes subconsciously that they are in need of the same thing as I am um, but also um, yeah, I would say that visually I don't have any any uh, any urge to to work with uh, visuality at the moment and actually my work is um, anti anti visual always because I feel really overwhelmed by uh, amount of visual information and how actually um, tricky it is to to understand if it's truthful or not because everything is just being uh, photoshopped in a way you know um, and these mm -hmm. beautiful, beautiful images which we put on uh, our um, social media, on our Facebook pages, which appear straight away like a very uh, successful, beautiful uh, life. And we actually don't know what, what stands mm -hmm. be behind it. And uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's very interesting. And as you said, like... I was kind of expecting this reply that you will say anti-visual. I even like said it in my head before you said it. It was, and it is very interesting because um, I was actually thinking about the same before when I was planning this podcast because we do tend to turn all of our experiences into this objects of appreciation, even, um, you know, if it's in social media. Um, and I even find myself sometimes this urgency to when I'm experiencing something beautiful, you know, I grab my phone and I take a picture, which is this kind of, and this picture, it's sort of encapsulates the experience and it becomes outside of my body and it becomes outside of my mind. And then I, the way I remember this event is via photograph. It's not via the actual experience. And um, yeah, and something that I wanted to ask, do you feel that we are becoming increasingly... I don't know if you can say that, but like increasingly less aware of uh, experiences, our bodily experiences and touch in, in, you know, in the year of 2018 and in this age of accelerationism when we're like, we're consuming increasingly more data, we're consuming increasingly more things, we're accumulating these things. It's the culture of capitalism, it's the culture of capital, whatever this capital is, um, 
uh, you know, object capital, economic capital, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Yeah, I actually wanted to say something about the, the photographs and <laughs> your phone. Um, that uh, mainly, for example, in Kotach, you just cannot use your phone because you are blindfolded and you have headphones and you are moving in the space. So you, people just leave all their objects and bags and phones and even glasses behind the space. And what you say that we, we become uh, increasingly unaware, but at the same time increasingly aware. And it's a beautiful thing for me because, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a coin that has two sides or it's like a tree. If, uh, if the roots go deep enough, then uh, it can grow higher. So for me, it's always uh, um, a matter of, uh, of balance or which comes to fix the unbalance because we are always looking for, for some kind of... Um, um, equilibrium yeah, for some kind of balance. What I want to say that, um, yeah, we have a lot of data and uh, like, I don't know, our laptops and uh, machines, uh, they are um, controlling our life and our minds and we just uh, get really absorbed by that. But at the same time, um, there is a there is another side to it and people get really deep into research of, uh, of our body and uh, there are so many different uh, um, like tendencies in uh, and uh, research um, in uh, for example in uh, anatomy there is this an experiential anatomy now which you just don't, you don't study it in through the books you experience anatomy and then there are so many different uh, how does that happen you, you just, you know, you don't sit and, uh, at the table and look through the book, but you go into the uh, dance uh, space or like movement uh, space and you, uh, you, you study some, some beat and then you uh, experience it. Like how, because we all have bodies. This is really incredible that we study so many different things, but we actually have our body and... Uh, so so little people are actually aware of the construction of our body and uh, like I don't know what kind of systems and bones and uh, um, constructions are there you know and it's really a universe it's really incredible like I'm I'm actually getting into a somatic body course I think in in this spring because I really want to uh, get closer to it and we will have a quite a quite a strong uh, course in anatomy and uh, it will be a, an experiential mm -hmm. course. Um, I just I wanted to to say that uh, there are people who spend a lot of time in front of the computers and, uh, nowadays, but also uh, as a counterbalance, there are so many people who I got to know uh, when I got into this uh, community uh, of different practitioners, uh, there are so many people who spend hours and hours and hours in, in just a rehearsal space or in some space where you can, um, move, you know, and explore your body. And they, uh, they spend hours exploring that, you know, to just to get in, uh, mm, as deep as possible in our, in our bodies. And there are so many incredible, uh, uh, techniques which were actually yeah they were uh, 
still introduced in 20th century, but I, I see that today also it's getting deeper and deeper and there are so many uh, incredible discoveries in, um, in medicine, anatomy, in neurophysiology, which we're really interested in. Actually, one of my collaborators, she's really into uh, neurophysiology. Mm -hmm. because uh, there, there are three of us who work on co-touch projects, for example, and I'm the less uh, experienced in terms of um, uh, body. My collaborators are into access syllabus, uh, into uh, idiokinesis, and even, even more, and they bring in a lot of uh, information also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I explained it in a clear way, but I really see that um, we're just not aware that uh, there are people and tendencies which go in a completely different direction. They go in the direction of uh, uh, of human, of a human, of human interaction. And what you said about touch, actually, it's interesting that we often perceive it as a contact of one thing and another thing. And mm -hmm. uh, but actually, it's. Uh, it's one thing. It's the third thing which has been born in between those two. Yeah. And, and this is something what we explore and we put a lot of um, awareness into it in, in, during our work in, in the performance itself and during our laboratories. We try to, uh, to create a, a listening situation for, for, the, for the both performers and the members of the audience. We call them visitors usually because they really experience the, the piece. Um, so the performer, he doesn't really uh, control the, the visitor and he doesn't really impose anything uh, on him, but he just listens to what is already there in his body and he's just revealing it. And mm -hmm. actually their movements and their touches, they are happening uh, in between, in this space in between them. Yeah, that's what, that what kind of brought me, um, that's why I kind of had an idea to invite you in particular for this podcast, not only because you're really into all of these things, which I'm completely unaware of, but also that as you said, this kind of this third thing that is being born, and I wouldn't even call it a thing. I would call it this kind of the 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 infinite kind of plane that you come to experience when one thing in encounters the other, whether it is a physical or non-physical or mental or even some subconscious encounter. And actually, I think that the third thing would be an amazing title for a book. So if you're looking to write a memoir in the future, just memorize the third thing. Um, yeah, and uh, I know that, uh, so we have talked about this, you're going to kindly uh, provide us with a little snippet of uh, soundtrack from Co-Touch. And I think that it would be a very good place to finish this now because I already have the urge to go and Google the absolute hell out of everything that you've just said <laughs> and yeah I don't know it's 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 very it, it is really very important to be uh, not only how you know it's like very popular to say oh I'm so in sync with my body no like this is you, you should not be in sync with your body you should inhabit your body and um, do you feel like you are starting to inhabit your body or do you feel like you have kind of mastered your own 
itself or is that impossible? Yeah, there's another thing. Uh, when you said like, uh, do I feel, uh, oh, it was a, some previous question. And I just wanted to say that it's, a every, it's an everyday practice. It's something what you cannot uh, really uh, reach and say, oh, okay, I've done it and now I live a different life. As soon as you don't do it every day, you you don't do it. It's it's really a practice. So it's a, it's a process. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to provide the links to uh, most of the things mentioned, including this amazing practitioner that you've talked about, and also uh, maybe if you have any interesting uh, books or lectures or pieces that are accessible to the audience via the internet or via bookstores about uh, neurophysiology, about you know experiential anatomy and things like that, would be great if, um, and I think we will list some of them below. And also, Katia, where we can find you and your work. Can you please uh, say us, tell us a couple of links uh, yeah, it's another another thing <laughs> in our project. We, we still don't have any website for Cotage and we're still trying to see if it's needed or not uh, because it's a very live thing. And we have a Facebook page. It's uh, Cotage uh, Performance and you can just follow us there and see. It, it is just created for the people to, to follow the dates for the next uh, performances which we're going to have. But soon we, we want to start some uh, we want to start pub publishing or like putting out some of our research because it's really um, immense and uh, quite deep. So we will try to uh, make it public in some way. Yeah, and also I'm going to link uh, Kadia's page on Instagram, even though it's completely materialistic of me to say it right now considering all of the like the whole conversation that we've just had but you know we all need to keep in touch somehow and uh yeah do you have any words in conclusion or should we go to the uh, audio track um it should be short if it's short <laughs> i would say um yeah, it's just, it's just, I find it really beautiful that uh, I feel that um, all over the world there are artists who work with uh, perception and uh, sensing, who work with, uh, I don't know, with the experiences and uh, yeah, I just, it just makes me, uh, uh, it makes me feel that uh, it is something what is needed, that we are on the right track or something mm -hmm. okay great uh thank you so much again for doing this i personally feel really inspired right now and i hope that our listeners do feel the same and uh just a reminder this podcast is an irregular affair because we are a traveling podcast i today you know um katia would know a lot about it you know one day you're in moscow another day you're in India the other day, then the next day you're in Vilnius and we all have our portable equipment, so please bear with us. Uh, but yeah, now we're going to jump into cut a snippet and we see you in the next episode. Goodbye.
Thank you. 